The following sermon was preached at Tower View Baptist Church. We are a gospel-centered, relationship-driven church that exists to know, grow in, share, and serve Jesus Christ. We do all this for the glory of God. For more about us, please check out our website at www.towerviewkc.com. Hello, my name is Darren Smith, Senior Pastor at Tower View Baptist Church. It's good to have you this morning as we are recording today for our uh, Sunday service. And if you're watching this on Sunday, uh, these are pre-recorded, but know that we are not uh, uh, doing anything but praying for you as you watch this. We pray it's a blessing to you. So thank you for joining us. Uh, this is has been a different time. As many of you local folks know, our, our uh, mayor has released some new guidelines for churches, and those went in effect today, and we're implementing those here as well. Well, so if you're newly at home because of those guidelines, or if you are uh, just someone who's been at home through this, this pandemic, we welcome you. If you're a visitor, welcome, especially Tower View family member. Thank you for joining us. Our topic today is the state of the church at Tower View Baptist Church. We do this every year before Thanksgiving, or at least the last several years before Thanksgiving, and we want to talk about where our church is. But before we get there, we want to hear what God has to say. So one verse today, simply one verse and I hope it's an encouraging one to you, is this. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. Galatians chapter 6, excuse me, and verse 9. And Paul writes, he says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Let us grow weary, not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And so, friends, this morning, I want to pray with us first. I want to talk about what this means and get into the sermon. But if you're watching this and you don't know Jesus Christ, thank you so much, especially for joining us this morning. We pray that this is a blessing to you. We will speak to you through the sermon, but especially to those in Christ within our church. But hear the word of the Lord this morning. But let's pray as we do that first of all today. Lord, thank you so much, Father, for this, this, this time that we have to study your word. Father, this is a very short and simple and straightforward verse that we're going to make a sermon out of today. But Father, in these days where we are very weary, we're very uh, uh, f decision fatigued, we're screen fatigued, we're pandemic fatigued, Father, we want the best and healthiness for all people, of course, but life has just really hit hard. And Father, as this week is going into the holidays traditionally in, in, in the West and around the world, we pray, Lord, no matter what is in front of us, whether that looks different for some or the same for some, that your word would speak and your spirit would move in our hearts. Father, move me out of the way. Speak through your word. We pray in Jesus' name. God's people said, amen. Well, it was August 6th of 1930, and 45-year-old Joseph Carter was eating dinner with friends at a restaurant. You can't do that today, but in 1930, hey, you could. And he was in New York City. And, and after that, Joseph was never heard from again. He was called the, the, the missingest man in New York because Carter, at the time, was a New York Supreme Court judge. And there was a massive investigation, a massive search for him. But decades of investigation finally came to no conclusions. And, and some 49 years later, in 1979, his missing persons case was officially closed. But on those early days, when they were searching for Judge Crater, they went to his apartment. And it didn't really produce uh, anything interesting except maybe one clue. It was a note to his wife attached to a sizable amount of money in cash stacked up. And it read in that note in part, quote, I am very weary, love Joe. 
And these words may have been an innocent expression, or they may have been the last words, an epithet of a despairing man. Look, many Christians today are in a time where the proverbial milk carton, because they are intimately identifying with the words of Judge Crater, some almost a hundred years ago. I am very weary. And I'm not talking about physical exhaustion or even mental exhaustion. I am talking about, especially in these days, a spiritual weariness. You may never have scribbled Crater's words on a note, but they may be tattooed on your heart. Look, you have a hunger to grow up and be mature, but you still feel like you're in one of those circles where you cannot get out of it to the point where you, it's, you, you feel like you're in God's elementary school. Or you've been struggling with an addiction, longing for deliverance, but it has yet to come. Or, or maybe you've been contending for reconciliation in a relationship or a marriage to no avail. Or maybe you've been waiting for months or even years for a prodigal son or daughter to return, yet the room is still empty, the place at the table is still vacant. And you've put your money, perhaps, in God first in your finances, but you have still are facing the creeping shadow of hard financial times ahead. Or maybe you've been faithful to your service in Christ or your church, yet the field around you still looks and feels very, very barren. But though there may be no under-construction signs up, there may be no tracks of heavy machinery that you see to be found, there may be no sounds of heavenly jackhammers and street wreckers in the background, one thing is for sure Christian today. The master architect, the master builder, the sovereign God himself is busy at work on your behalf and on his church's behalf right now, yes, even in a pandemic. God is aware of your situation and moves in the midst of all of them. God is aware of your pain and, and monitors every moment of it. Nothing misses a beat with him. God is aware of your emptiness. God is aware and seeks to fill it beyond your wildest dreams. For, to, for, to have him is to have life abundant. And God is aware of a soul that's screaming, I'm so tired of this, Lord. And God has left a word for us today. And it is that Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And the central phrase of this verse is we shall reap. We should not grow weary from doing good because we shall reap. And it's in due season that we will reap. We should not give up because there is something to reap. The central phrase is, we shall reap. So here is a word to the weary. Hold on. The harvest is coming. And even though right now these things seem to be very, very much at hand, these things seem to be very, very much out of control, the, the trials we're facing now are but a drop in the bucket of eternity for what is to come. The grass may be green or on the other side of the fence, but the harvest is coming. The land may seem barren, the seed may seem powerless, and the weeds may seem unmovable and untaken un, un, un out. They can't be taken out, but the harvest is coming. Psalm 126, verses 5 and 6 says, Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. And he who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Friend, today, as we look at the state of the church at Tower View Baptist Church, I just want to ask you this morning to hear the word of the Lord. Just remember what God has said about who he is and what he has called us to do. The first point I want to bring to you this morning that comes from this text is to be faithful in doing good. Be faithful in doing good. 
We are told in Galatians chapter 1 through 4 that Paul was defending and explaining the gospel against people that were not believing Jesus was enough. That there were some that believed you needed Jesus plus this plus this to get to heaven. But Paul said you are saved by grace through faith independent of any good works that you will perform. And down in chapters 5 and 6 he presents the other side of grace. In verse 13 of chapter 5 he says for you were called the freedom brothers. Only don't use your freedom as an opportunity to the flesh, but through love serve one another. Paul is going to tell us to be faithful, point number one here, in doing good. But he's going to remind us that grace is not a license to do your own thing. It means by which is a means by which we live to God. And chapter 5 teaches us why we should live for God. And now in chapter 6, he teaches us how to live for God. And in chapter 6, verse 7, we have a word of warning. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. And in a real sense, you determine, in a sense, your tomorrow by how you live today. How you live determines how God will treat you. And in his book, The the Scarlet Letter, Gardner Taylor rightly calls this the law of kingdom investment. You reap what you sow. That's what it is. It's not karma. It's not some Eastern philosophy. But the Bible is clear in Galatians 6, as we're being faithful and doing good, that we reap what we sow. Verse 8 is a word to the worker. He says in Galatians 6, 8, The one who sows to his own flesh will from that flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap from the Spirit and reap eternal life. And so the emphasis of Galatians 6, 7 is divine sovereignty. The emphasis of Galatians 6.8 is human responsibility. You have no control over the harvest after you plant it, but you can control the harvest by what you plant. You can plant sinful things that will bring a crop of corruption and a future of despair. Or you can plant spiritual seeds that will bring a spiritual harvest and an eternal bounty as it is. And so verse 9, Galatians 6, 9, our focus is a word for us in this pandemic. Hear it again. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. This verse assumes that the Christian life will be characterized by doing good. The phrase doing good encompasses all the commands of chapter 5 and and chapter 5 and chapter 6 of this letter. And so Galatians 6, 10 goes on. He says, so then. As we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. But yet then, here in verse, <clears throat> verse 9, there is not a command. It assumes in verse 9 that we will do good to everyone at every opportunity. Verse 9 does not command us to do good. It commands us to not stop doing good at all. Ecclesiastes 3.1, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck what is planted. And there's a time to plant and a time to pluck. That's great. But there's also a time between the plant and the time to pluck up. And that time between the times, we are tempted to get tired. And that's why point number one is to be faithful in doing good. You cultivate your land, you plant your seed, but you cannot... Come and bring the harvest out the next day. It takes many long days of sunshine and many wet nights of rainfall before anything breaks the ground. And when the reward does not return the way you want it to, as quickly as we think it should, we are prone and, and, and sinfully so to be tired of sowing 
to be frustrated with waiting and anxious for the harvest. One of those old dead guys, one of the Puritan guys, John Brown, said it this way. He said, many Christians are like children. They would sow and reap and expect the result on the same day. They would sow and reap and expect the result on the same day. And so verse 9 confronts our childish tendency with a command. It says, and let us not grow weary of doing good. Galatians 6, 9 tells us very, very simply. This verse does not command us to pretend that we are bionic, robotic, puppets on a string Christians. We are human beings. And we grow weary sometimes. And even Paul grew weary. In Galatians 4, 11, and I'm quoting this from my notes, but he says, he confesses, I'm afraid that I've labored over you in vain. Paul expresses in Galatians 4.11 words of weariness, of frustration, of discouragement, of hashtag, it's just been one of those years kind of things. Even Paul got tired. In fact, the word for weary in Galatians 6.9 was just as much for Paul as it was for the Galatian church he was writing to, his first letter, in fact. And in verse 8 of Galatians chapter 6, where Paul gives instruction, he speaks in the third person, he who sows. But in verse 9, when Paul gives encouragement, he speaks in the first person. We shall reap. And so human beings, we have a sad capacity of getting tired of wonderful things. I mean, even vacationers get tired of sunsets and millionaires get tired of money and kids get tired of toys and Christians just get tired of doing good. Even godly, committed, blood-bought, going to heaven, justified in Christ Christians grow weary sometimes. Yes, even pastors. How do we then correlate the fact that Paul did not get weary with the fact that weariness with the fact that weariness is inevitable? The text says, "And let us not grow weary of doing good." And I learned this verse as a young man in the King James. It says, "And let us not grow weary in well doing." That classic poetic rendering leaves the point somewhat obscure. But this verse does not command us not to grow weary while we're doing good. That's going to happen. You're going to get tired. You're going you're to lose focus at times. But the verse commands us, to, the verse commands us not, to do, not to grow weary of doing what is good. Do not grow weary of doing what is right. Do not grow weary of doing what is pleasing to the Lord. And Christian, in these times where everything just seems to be blah across the world right now, the opportunities, the fellowships, the, 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 the things that are required of us. Can I just encourage you? Can I remind you today that you're just called to be faithful? God is called to be the fruitful one. In your faithfulness, you trust him to bring about the fruitfulness. Be faithful in doing good. You know, some years ago during a Monday night football game between the Chicago Bears and the New York Giants, one of the announcers observed that Walter Payton, this is from the 80s, the Bears Hall of Fame running back had accumulated over nine miles in career rushing yardage. And the other commentator responded to that incredible stat by saying, yeah, and that's what someone knocking you down every 4.6 yards. Look, if you want to go the distance when life knocks you down, when pandemics are thrown your way, when everything else in your world is crashing around, by God's grace, in his spirit, in his strength, you've got to get up, but you don't give up. Be faithful in doing good is Paul's first instruction to us. The second instruction that he gives us is this. He says, and let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So be faithful in doing good, number one. But secondly, 
trust God that the harvest is coming in his time. Look, the word of encouragement addresses an important spiritual harvest. Harvest doesn't happen in a hurry. John 4.35, Jesus said, yet there are four months, yet there are four months, then comes the harvest. But Jesus is talking about the transition of the seasons. He was not giving a timeline. Likewise, in the realm of spiritual farming, you can't chart the coming of the harvest, but you know the harvest does not happen in a hurry. Look, it takes time to develop Christ-like character. It takes time to grow a healthy church. It takes time to raise responsible children and grandchildren. It takes time to have a productive career. It takes time to have worthwhile goals that are godly. And it takes time to affect positive change in your life and those around you to the glory and praise of God. But we live in a society that's driven by two passions. I want it all and I want it now. But planted seed does not bear fruit overnight. And what Paul is telling us weary Christians is you keep doing good. I know you're going to want to throw in the towel. I know you're going to want to sit on the sidelines. You be faithful in doing good and trust God that his timing for that harvest is coming. And as a result, it may never come in a hurry. It may not even come in this lifetime. But waited time on God is never wasted time with God. You are not in God's waiting room for nothing. Believe that the harvest is coming. And I speak to all of our young seminary guys here and gals is that you keep that focus in ministry as well. That when there's no fruit in the church, when you can't see past the next guidelines coming for COVID, your trust isn't in what is seen, it's in what is unseen and the one who holds that. For the time of your harvest has been specifically selected for you by God. The text says, for in due season we will reap. And that word due translates from the Greek very simply. It says, it's literally the English term for idiom or idiosyncrasy. It means that which pertains to self or which is one's own. It's used to speak of something that is individual or private or peculiar or separate or unique. And Paul uses it here to say that God has given you your own separate season for your harvest. Listen, God has given you your own private period to reap the harvest. You don't have to ever be jealous or insecure or count numbers against this church, against yours, or bitter because someone else receives a blessing or reaches a milestone or, or, or reaps a spiritual harvest. You can rejoice with hope with those who rejoice because you know God has given you your own separate season to reap your own harvest. Be faithful to do good. The harvest is coming in his time. Psalm 1 verse 3 declares this in these familiar words. It says, the godly one is like one planted, uh, it's like a tree planted by streams of water, yet yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Christian, if you are living according to the word of God, you do not have to worry about what other people are doing around you. You just be faithful to God. Doesn't mean you're not accountable to, a, to your membership in a church. It doesn't mean you're beyond reach of being called out for sin. But God will give you your own fruit to bear. And God will give you your own season to bear your fruit. So there is a time coming. But the time of your harvest has been sovereignly selected by God. Verse 9 assures us that for in due season we will reap. That word term season refers to a special occasion. And there are two Greek words for time. There's chronos, which is chronology. 
It's kind of abstract or general. It's a natural sequence. But the other word used here is kairos, the word used in our text, which speaks of a proper time. It means a proper set time. But when the fullness of time came, Galatians 4, 4, had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. So Jesus came at just the right time, Romans also says, to die for sinners such as us. And that is when you will reap the harvest. Not only does God move in a period that is sensitive to my particular situation, our church's particular situation, but also whenever God moves, it is the right time, right? Because it is his time. Matthew 9, 38, Jesus calls on the Father. He calls him the Lord of the harvest. God is in control of the harvest, Christian. And God's timing is perfect. And whenever God decides to move, it is always the right time. There's a story about a woman who went to a neighborhood market. I know you can't really do that in these days, but just bear with me. She stood in line for a long time while the farmer waited and attended to the customers. The line was long, and each person seemed to get some very special attention. And when the woman finally got to the head of the line, the, the, the farmer greeted her with a warm smile. She ordered some grapes, but the farmer did not immediately fill that order. Instead, he took her produce basket and just walked away. The woman was so upset. She had to wait again. She was fuming mad, thinking about how the farmer had taken such care of strangers in front of her, not wanting them to become impatient but with her, he took his time because he knew his nearby neighbor would be reluctant to put up with a fuss. So her smoldering anger was doused. However, when the farmer came back and returned with a basket full of beautiful, perfectly ripened grapes, and this is what he said. He said, I know I kept you waiting, but I needed the time to get you the very best. Christian, we are to be faithful to do good. We are to always to do good, especially to the household of faith. But we are to trust God that the harvest is coming in a time and a place and a way and a manner in which he is going to send it. And if you're not a Christian, I told you we talked to you about this. And thank you again for joining us. If you're not a Christian, you need to be reminded today of this as well. That there is a time coming selected that the Bible is very clear that there is coming a reaping. That Hebrews 9.27 says it's destined for a person to die one time. That God has allotted for us our days, and we know not the number of those days. He counts them out, Psalm 90 says. But friend, if you're watching this and you do not know Jesus Christ, if you have come and you're listening to this in the sound of my voice, whether it's on the day it plays, after the recording, or it's sometime later someone pointed you to this, God has also selected for you a time of harvest. That is, that at your death, without Him, you'll be separated from Him. That your sins have caused a separation between you and God. But praise God, he did not leave us alone. He sent forth his son, born of a virgin, born under the law, just the right time. Jesus Christ, the God-man, to die for you, to take the punishment for you. And the Bible says, if you repent and trust in Jesus and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And friend, that is something you need to come to today. Today is the day of salvation. Turn and trust Jesus Christ. But he says here, be faithful in doing good. He says, trust God with the harvest. And finally, he says that we should determine not to give up. This is one of Pastor Nelson's favorite phrases. 
when Pastor Nelson and I were, uh, when I first came here almost six years ago, Nelson was just going off to duty in the army uh, in, in a faraway land. And uh, almost every email I still hold, Pastor Nelson is quoted as saying that. Do not give up. Don't quit. And Galatians 6, 9 has that same word for us today. It began with an exhortation, let us not grow weary of doing good. Then it gave us a reason for not growing weary, that we will reap the harvest in due season. But it comes with a qualification, that comma, that a positive, to use the grammar term at the end. If we do not give up. The word, the term give up means to relax. Or for you millennials and below, shellax it out. It pictures a worker in the field who loosens his belt out of fatigue or maybe frustration. But when the term is used here as it is, it means to, not, it means to faint, to give up, or to lose heart. And this final phrase of Galatians 6-9 emphasizes the point of what we've talked about. To be faithful in doing good. We're all tempted to grow weary in doing good. All of us are tempted to throw in the towel and give up. All of us will be tempted to succumb to life's quitting points. To let things like the pandemic overwhelm us. But don't miss the magnitude of this conditional statement. Don't miss what Paul's saying here. There's only one thing that can stop you from reaping the harvest in doing good while you are faithful to do good. The only way you can miss the harvest is if you faint, if you quit, if you lose heart, or if you give up. Look, satanic attacks cannot stop me from reaping the harvest God has. Heavy burdens cannot stop God from reaping the harvest. Difficult situations, lack of resources, hostile people cannot do that. Vicious lies, COVID-19 cannot stop me from reaping the harvest God has placed in front of me. Not even personal failure can stop me from reaching this harvest. The only thing Paul says in the inspired word of God that can stop you from reaping the harvest is if you lose heart, if you quit, if you give up, and if you walk away. But if you stay steadfast in the will of God, nothing can stop you from reaping the harvest. Whether you see it in this lifetime or you don't, 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my brothers, beloved brothers, be steadfast, be immovable, be always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Look, since we have the assurance that the harvest is coming, we cannot allow ourselves to get tired of doing good, of doing the gospel work, of doing what God's put in front of us, even though we may be tired of doing those very things. Now, I hear what you're saying. You're saying, you know, it's easy to say I won't quit, but how do you keep, how do you keep going when you feel like giving up? First of all, prayer will keep you from giving up. Remind yourself of Luke 18, 1. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. Likewise, waiting will keep you from giving up. Isaiah 40, verse 28 and following. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint, nor does he grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him he has, who has no might, he increases his strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall in exhaustion. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If you're ready to throw in the proverbial towel, you pray, you wait on the Lord. But Jonah 7, 2 through 9, 7, 2 through 9 says that thanksgiving will also keep you from throwing in the towel. Jonah said in the belly of the fish, When my life was fading away, 
I remember the Lord and my prayer came to you. Into your holy temple. Said, he said to be faithful in doing good. Even when you're weary. He says to trust God that the harvest is coming. And then finally he said to determine not to give up. As I think about our church, I think about the things that God has brought in our church. I want to thank you for your faithfulness, Tower View members. For your faithfulness to give, to serve, to pray, to share the gospel, to encourage one another. Your faithfulness to, at times, it's hard for many of you. Uh, to put on masks, as hard for many of you it is to stay socially distant. We know there's a lot of sacrifice happening, even for us to meet physically socially distant, masked up on a Sunday. Thank you. And Christian, I want to remind you, church today especially, that this is the calling of the church. We are called to stay faithful even when times are not there. And I'm here to report to you, the state of Tower View, that we can check the box in a, in a God-centered way that our church has been faithful during this time. I want to thank all those who, who, who serve on Sunday that don't get recognition. I want to thank our pastors and our staff for, for being so diligent to be about the business of the work of the Lord when it's so easy to give up. I want to thank my brother, Pastor Nelson, for giving up his time and his resource every week to, 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 to pour out, pull out the proverbial hairs uh, with the technology, he's, he's been a, a rock in keeping all this going. There's so many to thank. Thank you for your faithfulness. And let me remind you, if we stay faithful as a church, we don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what the next guidelines may be. We don't know what the next big decision as a church to meet we may have to make will be. We're called to be faithful. God is called to produce the fruit. God is called to convert the heart. We are to stay faithful. May we do that. Church, I also want to thank the Lord and, and reporting in our church this last year that we have stayed together. Sure, we have differences of opinion on what's best for the pandemic and differences of opinion perhaps even in some political matters or things like that. But in the essential matters of the faith and the things that matter for life and eternity, our church has been united and praise God for that. You may disagree about minor things here, minor things there, and I with you, but church at Tower View, we can praise God today that we have stayed together. Some are in cars, some are inside, some of you are watching as you are now online or listening online, but we're together. We have done what Ephesians 4 says, that we are one Lord, one faith, one baptism, because we are under the one Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May we never lose that unity. And unity does not mean uniformity. It does not mean we all have to look alike, talk alike, whatever alike. But it does mean in the things that the Bible says we should be unified on, that's what matters. And giving grace to the non-essentials where there's Christian liberty, that's what I have seen. Where some churches literally, and our pastoral staff can attest to this, have closed their doors or broken off or people have refused to come because they haven't shown grace one to another and working through this pandemic and how to worship and all those sorts of things, our church has stayed unified. Thank you. Stay the course. Don't quit. Don't give up. Church, we have also, and I, I, I want to report this as well, and it sounds funny because we haven't done anything traditionally that would fit this bill, but our church has been faithful in evangelism. 
I'm not just talking about door knocking that a few of us do through the week. I'm not talking about uh, big events because we can't have those right now, shouldn't have those right now. But you have been faithful to share the gospel where the gospel perhaps before has not been known or heard with your neighbors, with your, uh, with your uh, virtual co-workers at this time, with people in the stores, with, with whomever you can. Thank you for being faithful. We are praying even now for many who've been visiting our church and are in the sound of our voice on a Sunday morning who have not heard the gospel. People online have heard the gospel before because of faithfulness, because you sharing things on Facebook, for you posting things directly about your faith on social media. Thank you for your faithfulness. God will be pleased, is pleased by those things. May we stay faithful to the task. I'm also thankful as I look back over this year, as we talk about the state of Tower View, for the attitude of the church. You say, well, isn't that like the faithfulness, the togetherness, and the evangelism? A little bit. But the attitude of the church is, okay, this is just how it is. And how do we glorify God best through this? Thank you for keeping your attitude God-glorifying. The Bible doesn't tell us what tomorrow holds. It just tells us about the one who holds tomorrow. But we're grateful that even when we threw in the first few weeks uh, if you remember that far back, seems like an eternity ago, back to March in lockdown, we went online suddenly when we did drive-in for the first time, when we required you to come in, you know, all across the board, the things we've asked you to do, you all have done it willingly. You haven't fought it. Sure, we've had some, some, some rightfully uh, serious discussion about such things, and, and, and we've talked about disagreements we may have about those again, but overall, the, the faith has been this. It's been to seek to glorify God. And I'm grateful and thankful for your attitude during this time because we want to honor God as we lead you and, and your participation in that has made that possible. Also want to thank you for your support of our missionaries. Sometimes when things aren't going well at home financially, sometimes when aren't, things aren't going well, even within our own jurisdiction, we forget about those who are, who are literally in faraway lands. And, and, and church, some of the first questions we've got and some of the most recent questions we've got about the church family is how are our missionaries doing? We have missionaries, we're Southern Baptists, we have you know, thousands of missionaries, but we sent out several members from our church. Thank you for your concern for them. Thank you for your prayers for them, for the people they have led, the people they've led to Christ, the churches that some have had to leave on the field to get to safer ground. But we praise God for that faithfulness. And the last thing I want to thank you for, I want to thank God and report on our church it's just the vision for the future. So, well, Darren, we don't even know if we're going to get out of COVID. Well, we will, I'm sure, someday. But I want to thank our church for continuing to push forward, for trying things a little bit differently, for, for keeping things in perspective, for thinking about, you know, we got some downtime now. Maybe we could do that project over here. Friends, we are continually building for what God has in the future. But I want to thank you for those things. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for these things. I want to report to you today the Tower View is very much alive, very much vibrant. We're seeing spiritual fruit. We don't always see it the way we normally see it, but God is working in it. You have served well in, 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 in meeting people and praying for people that you can't hug like you'd like to. It's so different, but church, we're so grateful. We're so humbled. We're so thankful. And may we always be, as the sermon points were, be faithful to do good. May we always trust God that the is coming and may we not give up for the opportunities he's given us before us church we love you we thank god for you we're praying for you 
And, and if you're a visitor and you're like, wow, that's a lot of back scratching going on. Maybe so. But God has raised up for us a great fellowship here. And you're welcome here anytime in the proper regulations to come and worship with us. If you're not a Christian, this is the day God has made. What are you waiting for? To repent, to turn 180, you turn from your sin, and trust the only one who can save you. His name is Jesus, and he came to die and raise again. And he's coming again. And I pray that you know him before that day. Let's pray as we close today. Father, thank you so much for taking care of us. Father, thank you that the greatest expression of your care was not in anything financial or economic or relational, human to human. But Father, it was the divine one, your son, literally tabernacling among us, moving in the neighborhood, as one translation says, to give his life for us. Father, we don't deserve it. We're, there's nothing good in us, but you so love the world that you gave your one and only son. Father, we have much to be thankful here at Tower View. And Father, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of so many things going on, we are grateful for what you are raising up here. Socially distant, in cars, online, inside, all those dynamics. But Lord, they don't stop you from moving forward. So let us not grow weary in doing good. For Father, at the proper time, we will reap the harvest if we do not give up. Help us to be immovable. Help us to be unshakable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For when we do that, we are not working in vain, but we're working for you. Father, we love you. We pray these things today in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, my name is Darren Smith, pastor here at Tower View Baptist Church. On behalf of all the staff, Pastor Nelson, Pastor Craig, Miss Judy in the office, and others, we especially thank you for joining us. If there's any questions we can answer about what it means to be a Christian, we'd love to do that. Pray for you, however we can help. Drop us a message below, message us, or look up our website, towerviewkc.com. Guys, God bless. Thank you for joining us and have a great rest of the day.